Again, Merry Christmas. Welcome. We're glad you're here tonight. This is the, this is the sort of the capstone this uh, Christmas Eve, and tomorrow morning is, um, is Christmas morning, and we're going to be here. It's a Sunday, so see you all then. <laughs> I so don't understand why that's funny. All right, we're going we're gonna to be here at 1045 tomorrow. But anyway, this is the capstone on our month of Advent, and we've been doing this series called Adventum, and Adventum is the Latin word for the arriving the arrival, because that's what Advent is, and that's what Christmas is. Advent is the anticipation of, and Christmas is the arriving of Jesus, of God in the flesh, to come and meet the needs of this broken world. And we've been celebrating and leading up to it and anticipating it, and today we're going to light the Christ candle, we're going to pass that light, and we're going to celebrate that God has, in fact, arrived on the scene. Our God has come to the rescue and Christmas is, this is, this is such a sweet season because I think we all have arriving in our hearts, that idea of arriving. I was at the airport a couple nights ago to pick up my daughter, Brooke, who lives in Texas, and I got there like three hours early. I couldn't wait, right? I couldn't. I was so excited. I wanted to beat the traffic. I didn't want anything to get in the way. Come on, any dads here have kids that come home? Any moms? Do you have kids that come home? You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you still don't like your kids? They're still at home? Okay, yeah, you... <laughs> And I was, and so uh, I got there and I was outside the, uh, the place where the, you know, the doors open, the new Terminal 2 at SFO and watching people. And I was just, I was just waiting for her to come, right? There was just something inside of me, like all the longing and all the missing her and all of the, the all of what I, I was, uh, you know, was in my heart. It was just so great. But I was watching that thing that happens in airports, right? Where people come and the anticipation of the separation that, that, They've been separated from their loved ones, and they're, they're coming on the scene. And I was watching that happen, and I was a little bit, like, you know, I was a little, and some of you know me, like, I was a little bit like, God, this is beautiful. Like, you know, the doors would open, and there'd be shrieks, and people would drop their, their carry-on luggage, and they would run, and there was jumping up and down. A couple of, uh, I mean, one, one family I saw had a sign. They were like, welcome home, kind of a thing. I saw one, somebody that was on leave from the military, right, right? Have you seen those videos on YouTube? I heard somebody say it. I totally agreed with it. It's like if there was a 24-hour station of just showing the surprise dad or surprise mom returning from service and showing up at the son's baseball game or the whatever, I would watch that thing 24 hours a day, right? You just get, it's so beautiful, this idea of arriving. And this is the story. This is the story that we celebrate tonight. And it's not a story. It's the history of the time when God came on the scene in Christ. He has arrived, and we celebrate, and he keeps arriving now into our lives. He's arriving for these families that are being ministered to at Oma House. And he's going to arrive again and again and again. Our God is coming to the rescue. That's Advent. That's Christmas. That's the arriving. That's the good news. I want to read you the text again if you don't mind, because it's in Luke chapter 2, and we've been studying Luke chapter 1 for a whole month of Advent. We were in Luke chapter 1. All of the, 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 the characters, the people that were involved, Zechariah and Elizabeth and John the Baptist and then Mary and Joseph, and, and now finally the arrival in Luke chapter 2. Luke 2, 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Can't miss this, by the way. I'm going to comment on it in just a sec, but they were under Roman uh, domination. They were under Roman rule. And this is not just a way to place it in history. It's a way to say 
This was the time when the Jewish people were under the, 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 the powerful thumb of the greatest empire that ever existed. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And the reason they took a census was so that they could then tax them. That was them, the, the, sort of the final message that they were a people under somebody else's rule. They were basically a people held captive. So everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, in Judea to Judea to Bethlehem, the, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the t- time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This is the story of the arriving. This is the story of God showing up on the scene in flesh in the baby Jesus. And in reading the text this year, I was struck, probably more than any other year, I was struck by, in verse 9, that when the angel appeared to them, you can show that text there, when the angel appeared to them, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and it says that they were, and what's the word? Terrified. Do you remember the, the, the King James, or the, when Linus quotes it in the, the Peanuts Christmas, Charlie Brown Christmas, they were, anybody remember the words? Sore afraid. They were terrified. And Ben acted that out. Well done, by the way, Ben. Noah, well done. Two times, two services, the junior high guy, the middle school kid dressed up as a sheep. That is above and beyond the call of duty, my friend. Ben, give him all the money in your pocket right now. (laughs) They were terrified. They were terrified. And this terror, terror is sort of part of this text because then as you go on to what the angel said, what the angel's message was in verse 10, he begins it with, do not be afraid. And all the things that he has to say after that, this is sort of his main message to them is do not be afraid. You, you do not need to be fearful. And this struck me this year, you guys, maybe more than any other year because right now there is a lot it feels like in our world to be afraid of. There's a lot of fear in our world. Now, when you look at these shepherds that were in the field and we tell the story, now clearly the main reason they were terrified is that the glory of the Lord had shown, angels, an angel was speaking to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were sore afraid, of course they were. Every time an angel shows up, we get sore afraid. We get overwhelmed by that. And so clearly that's a main part of their terror. But as I was sort of alluding to when I read through the text, there's another reason, there's other reasons for them to be afraid. And what was happening was because they were under the rule and the captivity of this, of Judea was under the rule of the Roman people at the strongest point in the Roman Empire that it would ever be again, as they were in that place, their, their hopes and their dreams about life, was what life was supposed to be about were crumbling right before their eyes. 
They were hoping that they would be God's people and experience God's blessing and freedom and, and, and bounty and joy and peace. This is what they wanted. This is what they felt like they'd been promised by God from the prophets of old. And yet here it was that the Roman Empire, the biggest empire ever to exist in the world, had overwhelmed them and they were being called to this census because they were going to be taxed, which was really the final sort of the sign of their servitude. And so what was happening to these people at this time in history was the extinguishing, extinguishing of the dream that they had the blessing and the peace and the joy of life under God's goodness. Life was not turning out as they hoped that it would be. They thought that peace was going to come to the world and freedom from oppression and freedom from war. Life was going to get better. They wouldn't be struggling and they wouldn't be suffering and that was blowing away in the wind. The world wasn't what they had dreamt that it would be. That sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? We feel so much fear and anxiety and disappointment that life isn't and the world isn't how we hoped that it would be, how we dreamed it would be, that it would keep getting better and that there would be blessing and that there would be peace and rest bounty. But we feel a lot of fear and anxiety. If you feel fear and anxiety about the state of the world, if you feel overwhelmed at the way that it looks like the world is spinning out of control, you are not alone. 40% of adults experience some form of anxiety disorder right now. 40%. We are terrified people. One in six children, one in eight high school uh, uh, students, and 75%, over 75% people experience some sort of extreme fear or terror at a given point in a given year. Life's not turning out the way that we had hoped, and we're anxious about it, and we're overwhelmed. The world is not how we'd hoped. It feels like it's spinning out of control, and so we read the stories, we read the news, we look at the, the um, social media, and we see the crime, and we see war, and we see poverty, and we see human trafficking, and we see children in slavery, and we see the displaced people. You know, we just broke the record last year. There's never been more displaced people, never been more refugees in our world than now. 65 or 65 million people are displaced. One in 113 people in our world is homeless and on the move, separated from their culture and their family and their friends because of poverty or persecution or war. It's an overwhelming reality. The needs and the pain and the danger are overwhelming. And that's just the world out there. If that wasn't enough, it's my world is not turning out as I longed for it to be. That's something about becoming an adult, isn't it? When you realize that the freedom and the joy and the lack of suffering and the full functionality and the relationships and the finances and that everything was going to get better and better and better and it doesn't. Life's hard. And so we're weary. We're weary people. Our hearts are weary. Our souls are weary. Doesn't it feel that way this year especially? Our bodies are weary. And to this the angel comes and says to the shepherds essentially this, let the weary world rejoice. What kind of a message is that for him to give? He comes, his message says, don't be afraid. There's no need of fear. And of course, the, the question we have is, so why? Because there's good news that brings great joy. And then the 
everything within the human spirit goes, what is that good news? And the answer is today a Savior has come. Today, the Rescuer has arrived. Today, God has made his appearing to come and meet the needs of the world, to come and meet the longings of every human heart. A Savior has come, and we're here tonight, friends. And by the way, we're here every Sunday. We're here every week to celebrate that reality that 2,000 years ago and even today, He comes to a weary world. He comes to my weary world. The Savior has arrived. A Savior, he reunites us to himself. He pours out his love, rescues, he gives power, he heals, he brings purpose. His arrival then, 2,000 years ago, it was the beginning. But his arrival now, even in the form of his people showing up for one another, his arrival now is good news that brings great joy. The weary world rejoices, friends. That's why Christmas is so precious. And that is why we feel the tingling in our soul when we sing that great hymn of the faith, O Holy Night, that Christmas hymn. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It's the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn.